Today is March 8th and it's International Women's Day. And today we're talking Women in Global Health. Women in Global Health is an organization built on a global movement that brings together all genders and backgrounds to achieve gender equality and global health leadership. Women in Global Health creates a platform for discussions and collaborative space for leadership, education, training, support, and commitment. And they demand change for gender transformative leadership. No one knows that better than today's guest, a chapter development lead and volunteer for the organization Women in Health. Welcome to the Amemba Health Academy podcast, an educational podcast that highlights health and public health related issues and showcases health initiatives happening around the globe. I am your host, Quisha Umemba, CEO and founder of Umemba Health and Umemba Health Academy. And on episode nine, we're talking women in global health. I'd like to welcome to the Umemba Health Academy podcast, Miss Callbeth Alaribe. Welcome to the show, Callbeth. Thank you for having me, Quisha. I'm so excited to start this conversation with you today. I've looked forward to it for several weeks. And, I, and today is even probably the most perfect time to be talking about women in global health because it's International Women's Day. Definitely. I'm super excited. I know I've been wanting to talk about this topic for for several weeks now. So it's perfect timing that we're able to discuss um, the day, especially the day that it actually falls on and just talk about women leadership in the healthcare sector. Absolutely. So let's just go ahead and get in for the listeners that are listening in. Um, Call Beth Alaribe is both a healthcare professional and a scholar. Today, she's going to be wearing the shoes of the chapter development lead and volunteer for women in global health. And Callbeth, please tell us how you got involved with Women in Global Health and exactly what the organization is and what they do. Uh, Women in Global Health is a global movement, um, an organization that brings together all genders and backgrounds to achieve gender equality in global health leadership. So within the organization, we truly believe that everyone has a right to attain equal levels of participation in leadership and the decision-making process regardless of gender. And I happened to come across this organization during my final year of my master's in public health um, program at Emory. I was taking a global health ethics course, and we were specifically talking about women in the healthcare sector and their struggles and obstacles that they face when they are trying to get into top leadership positions. And Women in Global Health just happened to have written an article in The Lancet focused on global health leadership. And so I was really intrigued very interested. And so I ended up reaching out to them and asking if there was any way that I could potentially volunteer or work for them. And the executive director, Rupa Dot, amazing woman, she basically was looking at my resume and said, maybe you're, you know, you, you could be interested in possibly project managing for us. So I ended up doing that in 2018 and loved it ever since. So since then, I've been focused on spreading the movement globally as a chapter development coordinator and lead. And so far since 2018, we've been able to expand from four chapters all the way up to almost 20 chapters, still working on developing 20 chapters by the end of this year um, internationally in all parts of the world. So it's been an amazing experience. Oh, wow. So where did the four chapters start off? So the first four chapters, there's um, one in D.C., there's one in the Midwest, the U.S., then there's one in Somalia, there's a hub in Kenya, there's one in Germany, one in Sweden, and then we recently added on Pakistan, India, Finland, soon to launch as well. But by the end of this year, we hope to have at least 
one chapter in each continent and at least one chapter in each region of Africa. Oh, wow. So when you say internationally, like this is a movement, it sounds like you're just about in every corner of the world. Yes, it's it's women coming together, networking and just kind of working together to change policy, shape policy and just have us, you know, unify together to achieve gender equality in the global health. So it's it's an amazing, amazing thing, amazing time as well. I love that. I love that so much. So tell me, what are your main areas of focus with Women of Global Health? So my main areas of focus is honestly just connecting people who are interested in starting chapters to the organization. What I do is I do a lot of outreach. Um, I go to different conferences around the world. Last year, I was at the World Health Assembly, and I was also at the Women Leaders in Global Health Conference in Rwanda last year. So I do a lot of networking and then just talking with women that are leaders in their respective countries, telling them more about uh, and giving them more information about women in global health and what we do, seeing if they're interested in starting a chapter there, the reason for having a chapter, kind of going over what are the obstacles women are currently facing in their respective regions and kind of developing a plan for them to start their chapters. So I do a lot of networking a lot of outreach, um, a lot of coordination. Um, so that's a big task, but I honestly really enjoy it. And you do this all as a volunteer, correct? Oh, yes. All as a volunteer. All of us are volunteers. Um, there, we just recently have two people that were hired to be full-time staff members, uh, paid staff members, but everyone else is still volunteer-led. And that's the most amazing thing about this is just how much the organization has expanded in, in such a short time frame with just a volunteer-led led, uh, staff. So it's been amazing. Wow, that that does sound amazing. I mean, it's hard to get someone to commit to two hours per month, let alone it sounds like you're, you know, coordinating chapters all over the world and you're traveling and I'm sure it's exciting. You're learning a lot. You get to see so much. And then not only things that affect women, like the gender parity, but other things that affect women in other parts of the country as well. And so what has that experience been like to you personally, just to go to some of these places or to speak to some of these women and to see what they face, not just as, as far as gender parity, but just all of the, the circumstances that we come against as a woman in general? I mean, I think it's honestly amazing. I mean, it just goes to show how many people are so passionate about this organization, about the mission of mission of this organization. So in several countries, women just don't have a voice in terms of, you know, making a decision making part of the decision making process in the healthcare sector. And so this organization is giving women all over the world the opportunity to express their voice um, and let their voice be heard. And it's important because, you know, women, they play a vital role in the advancement of global health, yet men hold the majority of top leadership positions. Um, I know in an article stated that women make up 70% of the health workforce, yet occupy less than 25% of the most influ influential leadership positions. So I think it's really important that as, as women, we come together, we unify together, and just be part of that movement, you know, gaining opportunities to top leadership positions and just making the world a more equitable place for everyone. I was reading the the article that you sent me. And for our listeners, the article is called Gender Transformative Leadership, A New Vision for Leadership in Global Health. But I was really impressed that um, the organization Women in Global Health, it just started in 2015. Am I right? Yes. 
And in October 2017, you had your inaugural Women Leaders in Global Health Conference. And there were 400 leaders from 68 countries that met at that conference. That's super impressive for an organization that at that time had only been two years old. I really commend you and the volunteers and your leader for really putting in this groundwork and what sounds like grassroots work as well to really get the momentum going for this movement. And it seems like it's certainly a move, a global movement, and you don't see that type of enthusiasm in a lot of initiatives. So it just goes to show how much this was needed and how much this work was wanted. And I commend you for being a part of this. Thank you so much. I mean, I think for everyone, when the first thing they ask us is like, why did you join? And, you know, meaningful engagement of all people for sustainable global health is something that everyone within the organization is truly passionate about. A lot of us still have full-time jobs on top of being volunteers. So it's an amazing, amazing thing to see people so passionate about something that regardless of how much time they actually have to contribute to the organization or how much time that they have, you know, doing other things, they're solely focused on ensuring that the passion and the drive of this organization comes to fruition. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about, I mean, it's March the 8th, it's International Women's Day. I'd really like to talk about that and the fact that women in global health support the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife. And so for my listeners that have not heard me talk about it, 2020 does mark the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife. The designation, the year 2020, actually coincides with the 200th anniversary of the birth of Florence Nightingale, who was known as the founder of modern nursing. This means a lot to me as a registered nurse that not only have we been acknowledged and you know, nursing has been one of the most trusted professions for years. And I think that for the most part, whenever someone sees a woman in any kind of medical or health field, there's something to be said about that, you know, because we're nurturers, we're providers, we're caregivers. What What is your take on this? And what are you all, and when I say you all, I'm talking about women in global health, how are you helping this year with the International Women's Day to kind of move the needle on this recognition? And what are some of your activities that you're doing globally? I mean, yeah, it is the year of the um, nurse and midwife. And this is the first time in history the nations of the world will unite in the celebration of nurses and midwives all over the world. So it's, this year is really important and very essential. Basically advocate for nurses and midwives everywhere. Statistically wise, um, nurses and midwives constitute more than 50% of, of the health workforce in many countries. And they're honestly the most essential or one of the most essential healthcare professions in global health, basically caring for, for people of all populations. So for women in global health, I mean, we have a five-point action plan for this year. Uh, the first one is to include nurses and midwives in strategic decision-making. The second one is to enable female nurses and midwives to lead. Three, to support diversity in nursing and midwifery. Four, and sexual harassment, violence, and the bullying of nurses and midwives. And five, pay nurses and midwives fairly. So this is our five-point action plan that we, that we are very committed to um, ensuring that we are the voice and we are representing nurses and mid midwives everywhere. So it's important to, especially for this year and moving forward, to basically ensure that they are leading and being part of the health workforce. I love that. I love that. That's a five-part five part action plan? Yes, five-point action plan. I love that. So some good work happening there. So, you know, it's we talk about Inter International Women's Day, and, and I know it's women in global health, and women are at the forefront. 
but what do we do with our male allies or how can our male allies actually help support our movement and help us to move to move forward with these initiatives? Our male allies are part of this. They're part of the health workforce. I think for us, all genders, regardless of ethnicity, race, we all need to come together because it actually makes sense to have both to have both genders come into the health workforce and both are of equal value. It honestly improves the health, it improves the healthcare system and it makes a more equitable world. And so it's very important that we also educate the male health workforce about, you know, ways to ways that we can all come together and unify together to provide more care, more develop more initiatives together that will improve the health of, of people all over the world. So they're, they're a part of this, and it's important that we bring them into this movement as well. So if I wanted to get involved in Women in Global Health, or if any of the listeners want to, to get involved, whether it be male or female, you know, you have to be sensitive to be inclusive of everyone. How can I get involved? How can our listeners get involved? And just explain that whole process on how we can get involved with this initiative. Um, yes, there's several things. So the first thing, if you want to ch- check out the organization and see all the amazing work that we're currently doing, um, you can go online and go to Women ngh.org. So it's womenngh.org. And if you're interested in possibly starting a chapter or just learning more about the chapters that are possibly in your local region, you can definitely contact the membership, um, membership for WGH um, email address at membership at womenngh.org. Are there any upcoming conferences or meetups or anything happening like that that's coming up in 2020 for this year? Oh, definitely. A lot of us do plan on going to the World Health Assembly this year. That's going to be held in May. We do plan on having more networking events. I know the two chapters that we have currently in D.C., the two chapters that we have in D.C. and as well as in the Midwest um, region of the U.S., I know they do a lot of networking events, but we do plan on establishing more chapters in the U.S. by the end of, of this year. So there should be a chapter possibly in, in areas that are that are more populated, like including Atlanta. That's one of the places that we're also considering uh, developing a chapter in. So there will be times and opportunities for people to get involved in the U.S. Um, and in terms of worldwide, hopefully we should have a chapter in each region or each continent. So Anyone that's interested in, in, in being a part of their chapter can definitely reach out to us and we'll be more than likely to connect with them. Awesome. And then um, you also mentioned something about a hub in Kenya. Can you explain what that hub is? So a hub um, at this moment is just an opportunity for chapters to kind of come together and network. The hub supports chapters locally. So there's an Africa hub. Women in Global Health Africa Hub. It's based in Kenya. And basically what they do is just connect the chapters within the African continent together. So they do a lot of coordination for these chapters, providing some form of support and resources. So we honestly would like to have more hubs in other regions of the world so that they're able to fully connect with their with their local chapters. That makes sense. Thank you. So let me ask you this question. What does gender equality look like to call Gender equality, that's a great question. Gender equality would look like, it would look very inclusive. It would look intersectional. It would take into consideration people's race, people's ethnicity, their age. It would just be inclusive of everything that's, all these factors that are really important. And um, I, I would say that for me, gender equality would represent both genders, regardless 
of gender coming together and unifying to make the world a more equitable place for everyone. Um, I know that there's a lot of health disparities that occur on a day-to-day basis, not only in the U.S., but all over the, all over the world. And so if we can unify both genders together to reduce these health disparities, I think it would be an amazing, amazing thing. It could be done. It's going to take work, but I know that if we all come together and make this happen, it will happen. On that note, please tell us, Call Beth, where listeners can follow you or get in contact with you if they need to, if they would um, like to. Definitely. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Chikadie, so it's C-H-I-K-A-O-D-I underscore A. And then they can also follow me on Twitter at Callbeth Chika, C-H-I-K-A, Alaribe, A-L-A-R-I-B-E. Great. And I just want to mention also that Women in Global Health, their Facebook page is Women in Global Health. Twitter, it's at Women in G-H. And on LinkedIn, it's it's Women in Global Health as well. And I don't think there is a, a Instagram page for Women in Global Health, is there? Oh, there is. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you share that with us? Yes, it's Women in G-H. Women in GH. Galbraith, this has been so, so helpful. Um, Just introducing Women in Global Health, which is an organization that was completely new to myself. But all of the things that you've mentioned today are super amazing. And I definitely want to get involved. So I'm going to sign up. I actually signed up for the newsletter while we were talking here. (laughs) Because I think this is, you know, there are just some initiatives that you don't even have to question. You know, this is just something that is not only going to benefit me, but it's going to benefit everyone. It doesn't just benefit women. Like you said, it benefits everyone. We're we're a part of the problem solving every day. So why come we can't be a part of the decision making? And I agree that, you know, the world would be a much better place when we have equality for everyone, inclusivity for everyone. And so I think there couldn't have been a better topic for us to discuss on International Women's Day. And I thank you so much for being a guest on the Omemba Health Academy podcast. So can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Go right ahead. Um, Just to end this amazing uh, conversation, I'd like to just add that in order for us to have a more equitable, uh, more equitable, safer environments and uh, make health systems more adaptable and effective, we truly, truly need a more diverse gender balanced leadership in global health. And I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a great quote to end this segment today and this conversation that truly a more diverse gender balanced leadership is needed. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today, Kyle Beth, and I look forward to talking to you again very soon in the near future. Thank you so much, Quisha. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.